0: Childhood cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and this is my podcast. It's mostly for parents of children with cancer or leukemia, but it's also for anyone else who's involved in caring for children with cancer or leukemia. Well, hello again. Now this is a different sort of an episode of the podcast today. Uh it's actually an interview that I recorded and I recorded it more for our own hospital, for our hospital's sort of website for our parents and so on. And so it's got a bit of local stuff and things that uh, mightn't apply to people in other countries or in other locations. Nonetheless, I think you might find it interested, the... uh interview is with a Dr. Caroline Bateman, and we're talking about CAR T-cells and their use in the treatment of leukaemia. So I think you might find it interesting. Just try to ignore all the stuff that's, you know, a bit more local and specific just to our hospital. The CAR T-cell treatment that we're talking about is available at other centres and in other countries. Uh, The company that manufactures it, Novartis, has the product available in other units But today it was more talking about uh, making this product available at our own hospital, but we cover a lot of the science and the medicine as well. So I hope you find it interesting. Well hello everyone, uh, I'm Jeff McCowage. I'm a paediatric oncologist here at the Children's Hospital at Westmead and perhaps you know me from my podcast, Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr Jeff. Anyway today for the first time I'm going to interview someone, so it's pretty exciting. I've got someone here to speak with me about a very exciting new treatment that is going to start being given here at the Children's Hospital at Westmead and it's my great pleasure to invite one dr caroline bateman hello caroline
1: hi jeff thank you for inviting me
0: it's a pleasure thank you for coming now, so dr bateman is going to speak to us about this really exciting new treatment and it's called car t-cells so we're going to hear all about these things car t-cells that have a funny name amongst other things if you ask me but Anyway, CAR T-cells, that's what we're going to hear about. But first of all, what about you, Dr Caroline Bateman? You're a doctor, are you? What do you do for a living?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm the same as you, Geoff, but um, i most probably got a few more qualifications than you, if you don't mind me saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can tell by my accent that I'm British, so I trained in Britain, and I'm a paediatric oncologist, but I'm also a paediatric haematologist, so trained also just primarily in blood disorders. But I also do pathology as well, which means I can look down the microscope and look at blood cells, etc.
0: Wow. Now, hang on a bit. Let's just go back here. So you're a pediatric oncologist like me, so mm-hmm. that means you're one of the people that treat childhood cancer and leukemia and all that, with chemotherapy and all that. hmm
1: That's right.
0: So that means you became a pediatrician first, didn't you? Yes. Did that's you do right. that in in England?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Premature babies. Asthma. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> Loved um, it
0: really okay was that in London Uh,
1: yes primarily in London in and around London we had to go outside London for short periods but yes
0: so you became a paediatrician then you did the paediatric oncology uh, and you did some of that here
1: yes I did yeah Uh, quite a while ago, so I was still training then and I was allowed under the British training scheme to come and get extra experience outside the UK and I chose to come to Sydney.
0: Right, so you did some time with us and you completed that paediatric oncology training in England.
1: Yep, that's
0: right. And then you did, what's the next one called, haematology pathology.
1: Yes, but actually what I did after I completed paediatric oncology is I did a PhD
0: PhD. Hold on. PhD is a research, is that a research sort of degree?
1: Yes, that's right. So a PhD is really something you've done on top of your university degree and it's a be- period of time which I describe as being dedicated to trying to answer a specific question mm-hmm. and it usually involves a period in a, in a laboratory mm-hmm. in a scientific laboratory trying to answer that question. So I did that for four and a bit years
0: Four and a bit years mm. of pure research at mm. the bench with yes. the test tubes. and the Yes,
1: absolutely wow. and, I mean lots of scientists do PhD to their primary degree and doctors medical doctors do it too but it's a bit of a challenge going into the laboratory for medical doctors
0: yeah we're all used to sort of wham bam quick things whereas research it just moves at a different pace doesn't right.
1: it yeah but it's a good thing because it gives you time to really ponder and think about what you're trying to answer the question you're trying to answer
0: and what was your PhD researching?
1: So I was really fortunate that I was in the laboratory of Professor Samel Greaves and he is someone who his last 40 or fifty years of his life has been researching into the etiology of childhood cancer, uh, particularly childhood leukemia. And so I did a PhD trying to work out more information about how childhood leukemia, develops in children. Um, And I did that using a very unique scenario where identical twins eat may both have leukemia. Um, wow, that so sounds
0: really interesting. Maybe interesting. Maybe yeah. the subject of another interview sometime.
1: Of course, I Don't, can go on for hours about that. It sounds
0: <laughs> like you could after four and a half years, but Sir Mel Greaves, he's a he's a giant in this field. Even I've heard of him. Yes. Yeah. So now what about, and then you do the pathology. So this is the one not, this is the one. So then you did the hematology pathology. This is the one where you do the bone marrow tests and look down the microscope Correct. and and look after all those other conditions like iron deficiency and haemophilia and you know how to do all that stuff
1: yes that's right so uh, general haematology training um, in the UK is both looking after patients but also yes looking down the microscope and trying to work out what's going on in someone's blood or bone marrow but it's not only malignant haematology you're right it's also non-malignant so it's the bleeding disorders Mm -hmm. red cell disorders, iron deficiency, B12, etc., in both adults and children. Um, So yes, I did that as
0: well. Wow. You are fairly seriously qualified. I I think I'll push for a pay rise for you. Would that be okay? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) All right, let's get to this this thing, CAR T-cells. Well, can you tell us, why don't you tell us a bit about this CAR T-cells, and then I'm going to go back and go over all the details because I don't know if we're all going to understand it the first time through.
1: Okay. So uh, CAR T-cells are really a very different way of trying to get rid of leukemia I'm going to talk about specifically forever. So we're all very familiar with chemotherapy uh, which treats many, many cancers and is very successful in a lot of cases and many cases of getting rid of the cancer and it go away forever. However, when cancer comes back is that sometimes you can't get it to go away again with just lots, lots more chemotherapy. So you have to use a different approach. And CAR T cells is this different approach. And what it's doing is, is it's really using the power of the immune system to kill the cancer cell. So the CAR T cell that will be really exciting, being able to be give at the Children's Hospital at Westmead, sure is using part of the patient's immune system, which is called a T-cell, hence CAR T-cell, and then you genetically engineer that CAR T-cell to be able to find the leukemia by a very specific way in the patient's body, and then that T-cell kills that cell. Okay. That makes sense to you, Jeff. It makes
0: sense to me, but we might go through a little bit. Um, so the cells come from the patient and you take them out of the patient's body, do yes,
1: you? Yes, that's right. So in not in all scenarios, but the one that we're talking about specifically is it comes from the patient and you take the T cell out of that patient by an apheresis procedure. So
0: apheresis is that? Thing where you're on a machine right and it mm. takes blood out of the body mm. and it Takes the white cells into mm. a bag and sends the rest of the body back into them. Blood, body, yeah, back into the body, yeah. doesn't it? You watch TV for five hours while this machine yeah. that's right. um, extracts yes. these cells. Okay, yeah. so that's how you get the cells out of the body. And then what do you do? You engineer them. What does what does that mean?
1: So for um, for the CAR T cell that we're talking about, uh, which is um, cell, which Whoa. is its name. What is
0: it? Tisagen. Say that Tis- again. A
1: gen leclusel.
0: That's catchy. Um, Okay
1: is its generic name. Its trade name is Kimwire. It's manufactured by Novartis. Uh, So what happens is you take the cells out by this apheresis procedure, as you described beautifully, and then they actually get sent to um, the US, um, Morris Plains in New Jersey. And then they get genetically engineered to be able to identify the leukemia cell in the patient's body. So T cells are taken, they're frozen down, they're shipped over to the US, and then the car T cell is manufactured by genetic engineering.
0: Okay, so, so this company, Novartis, they mm-hmm. have a big lab in New Jersey. Yes. And they do this genetic engineering part yes. to it. And then send them back to us.
1: And then send them back to us. That's absolutely right to go, obviously, into the patient that they came from.
0: Oh, right. So each patient gets their own cells given back to them. Correct. Okay. Wow. Do you just give them back to the child, or do you give them drugs as well? Take, That's right. Tell us a bit about that. That's
1: right. So it sounds a very straightforward procedure, but obviously it is very regulated because obviously the cells have come out of a patient and have got to make sure they come back into the right patient. But also the patient needs to be prepared for the reinfusion of these CAR T cells, and how that is is making sure that they're fit and infection free and as tickety-boo as possible. But also you need to give them some chemotherapy to immunosuppress them further. So when the CAR T cells get infused into the patient, it gives it the better chance for the CAR T cell to expand. And that's what we need because we need them to expand to be able to go around the body to find any residual leukemia cells and kill them.
0: Okay, so the cells come back from America, they're in the freezer, and then when we're ready to go, the child is given some chemotherapy to sort of knock out some of their own normal
1: blood cells. Yeah, that's right.
0: And then you thaw out the others and give it to them, and then they circulate through the body and hopefully find the leukaemia and kill it.
1: Yeah, and expand. The CAR T cells should expand.
0: Ah, right, expand. So when they meet a leukemia cell, Mm -hmm. one cell turns into two and four and hundreds. And and that's
1: important that they expand. But when they do expand is that's when you can get some of the side effects.
0: Side effects, right. We're going to come to side effects. But first, I want to know what this CAR thing is about. What is it? It's C-A-R. Yes, T cells. Yes. So can you, what's this CAR thing? What's this so, CAR business?
1: Yeah, so um, CAR is just uh, an abbreviation of chimeric antigen receptor. So what it is, is chimera means uh, sort of a fusion of, of or more things um, and the antigen receptor is because uh, what you're actually doing is turning the patient's T cells to have a receptor on the top which they don't normally have a receptor of this type on the top and that receptor is the thing that goes round the human body and finds its matching partner which is the f- fancy name is an antigen on the surface of the leukemia cell and, and what we're talking about is CD9 which is on B cells, B cell leukemia.
0: All right. So CD19 is a chemical that's on the outside of the leukemia cells. Correct. And some normal cells.
1: Normal B cells, yeah. yeah
0: but it's in, this is for this B cell type leukemia. Yeah. So CD19 is the target. Mm-hmm. So the CAR T cell is manufactured to now have an antibody against cd-19 yes so as it circulates it finds the cd-19 it sticks on yes. it and that's what makes it multiply and get it revved yes. up to kill correct to kill things with cd-19 correct on it. wow that's pretty cool okay so that's what the car is about And can you tell me a little more about which patients might get this, um, uh, which patients with leukaemia or brain tumours or Mm. bone tumours or neuroblastomas, who... Who might get this particular CD19 Mm. CAR T-cell?
1: So the CD19 CAR T-cell is universally for patients with um, CD19 positive, which is a B-cell acute lymphobastic leukaemia, but it's not at the time of first diagnosis. So uh, the indications are if the disease comes back uh, two or more times, um, if you have not had a bone marrow transplantation, if you... Or the disease comes back after bone marrow transplantation, so that may actually be the first time that the disease has come back. If if you if the disease never came back before your transplant, and then there are rarer um, patients who even though you're initially diagnosed and most patients go into what we call uh, remission, which means looking down the microscope, we can't see leukemia anymore. Some patients don't do that. And they're what's called refractory. And those patients would be considered for tisogenleic glute cell. So just to be clear, it's patients who are what we call primary refractory. uh, So not gone into remission early on after being diagnosed. is it's second or greater relapse or first relapse post bone marrow transplantation.
0: Okay, but it's always only these patients that have leukaemia in the B-cell family, is that right?
1: That's right, for this, for tisogen cell or kimriah this CAR T cell.
0: OK, oh, so there are other CAR T cells in the world, are there? Yes,
1: uh, there are other CAR T cells in the world. And this is the really exciting thing, is that Kimura has really been sort of a proof, proof of concept um, of using this uh, immunotherapy to treat children in a in a situation where it normally would have been very difficult to treat them. So now it's really expanding into other uh cancers childhood cancers and also adult cancers uh, so lymphoma um, but also um, more childhood type cancers such as neuroblastoma and and uh, there will be other cancers as well and there are o- other studies to do with different types of leukemia so acute myeloid leukemia for example but those will not be coming to Australia as as soon as the T new cell.
0: Okay, so for each cancer, presumably you have to find a target on the surface of the cancer yeah. cell yeah. that you can design this CAR T-cell yeah. for. So if it's breast cancer, you'll have to find a breast cancer.
1: Correct. And although that sounds relatively easy to do, is, you, is that you have to really find a target that's not on other important cells in the body. Um, so it really has to be on the breast cancer cell, but not on, say, if the target also happens to be in the eye or something.
0: Right, because if CAR T cell would attack a normal tissue then. Correct. We don't want that. Yeah, okay. and so that's
1: why it is is very complicated and clinical trials have to be done to be making sure that there are no other effects of the immunotherapy for the specific target.
0: Okay. Mm. So just going back again now, so in paediatric oncology, the leukemias mm. are normally acute leukemia mm-hmm. and so we're talking about acute lymphoblastic leukemia
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: and we're not talking about the T-cell form no. of acute lymphoblastic leukemia. No. And most children with acute lymphoblastic leukemia when we first find the disease, they're not going to go for CAR T-cells. They're going to just, they're going to do what they do now and go yeah. on to normal chemotherapy. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah.
0: But it's only if that doesn't work. So Correct. if the leukemia doesn't go away, Yeah. or if it keeps relapsing, yeah. or after a transplant it relapses. Yeah. Okay, so that's only a small proportion of the children with leukemia yes. that we'd give this to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So only a tiny amount of people will need this therapy. Um, And, um, I mean, if we think about numbers, you know, in New South Wales, for example, I would imagine that's only, you know, maybe five to 10 children per year maximum. (laughs) Um, So really, it is, is a small amount of patients. And... As time goes on, though, I mean, I'm hoping and this is not for now, but as time goes on, is that this therapy may be able to reduce the amount of chemotherapy that we give and we move it further down and include different groups of patients with the same diagnosis but that's not how it is at the moment because chemotherapy uh, for the majority of children with B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia is curative first time round. Uh, the significant burden of treatment absolutely mm. um, but it's very effective for the majority of patients.
0: But one day maybe we could get rid of one of the nastier drugs and mm-hmm put in this. Okay. Yeah. Now, you did mention side effects. Now, mm-hmm. tell us about... So, we give these cells to the child. Let's say this child's still got leukemia from the relapse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've given some chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and that'll have its side effects. Mm-hmm. And then we give these cells, mm-hmm. and then things can go wrong, can they?
1: Uh, well, um... Really, go wrong. It's just a consequence of the treatment, and it's a something that we expect to happen. <laughs> so, obviously, whenever you're infusing anything into a patient, you know, you can always have a, a mild or sometimes severe reaction to the infusion of the CAR T cell itself, but that's like not too much of an issue. And the main side effects that we worry about is something called cytokine release syndrome.
0: Hold on. Cytokine release syndrome. Yes. Okay. Tell us more.
1: So cytokine release syndrome is partly what I was describing before, is the CAR T cell finds its partner, so it finds its CD19 on the leukemia cell or other normal cells, which it's okay to be on, um, and then what happens is, is that the, the immune system is activated to Kill the leukemia cell. And at that point, is that you can have a clinical picture, that means what we see in the patient of cytokine release syndrome and what it presents as, it usually presents um, on around day three after the infusion of the CAR T cell with a, a fever. So it mirrors very much like having an infection, uh, so fever. So we would start antibiotics, but sometimes the fever could become very high. And this is sort of 40, 41 degrees. And we often talk about 38 degrees as the baseline for thinking someone has a fever. So very, the patients become very hot. And they may get uh, palpitations and their heart racing. And then sometimes the blood pressure gets quite low. And all we would treat this as infection is that we know that this is immune response. That means that the patient needs some extra treatment to dampen down
0: the immune response so this is this happens because the treatment is working
1: yes one would expect yes
0: okay so it's sort of a good sign but it's sort of a bad day or two
1: yes isn't? that's right hmm? so i mean not everybody gets cytokine release syndrome and you know a you know it's graded one to four actually Jeff and sort of grade one to two you know you'd still be on the ward for example Mm -hmm. Uh, but grade three to four you might be in intensive care Mm. um, and needing a bit more support with your blood Mm -hmm. pressure for example Mm -hmm. but um, not everybody gets it but yes a little bit is is okay but the problem is is you don't know at what point it's going to sort of stop Mm -hmm. and you might have a little bit and then it gets better and you never have cytokine release syndrome again Mm -hmm. Um, and or it might start off not so bad but then can progress quite rapidly but we have uh, good treatments for it and we know how to treat it we expect that about 70% of patients so 7 patients in 10 will get some form of cytokine release but maybe only One in ten um, of patients will go to intensive care.
0: Mm-hmm. So and you've not... got a wonder drug. I heard about this wonder drug to turn it off if you have yes, to. Yes, that's that right? right. So it has got a funny name as yes. well, I guess.
1: Yes. So it's called Tocilizumab, and basically what it is is, as the immune system is activated, as we know that it's very much driven by um, something in your blood, an interleukin called IL six, and Tocilizumab can essentially turn that off. Okay. And so we have that to use, but also we have other things. That that we can use if that doesn't work. And I think one of the good things about um, Tisogen Leclucel and Kim Raya is is that we are getting better at managing CRS and also getting better at getting patients in the best possible clinical condition and disease status condition to minimise CRS. So you were saying about CRS, oh, does that mean it's working? Uh, well, yes, that that would be an assumption. But you also have the, the opposite of that. So if you don't get CRS, it doesn't mean it hasn't worked.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And by the way, are, are children getting CAR T-cells Are they the ones that just have this tiny, tiny amount of leukaemia that's still detectable? Or are they the ones that have you know lots of leukemia in the bone marrow uh, over full on yeah, relapse
1: so so i yes it can be either or but um is that you can have car t cells when you still have only a small amount of of leukemia and ideally you would want to not have a huge amount because that is associated with severe CRS so going to intensive care CRS mm-hmm. which can be dangerous mm-hmm. um, so so that's partly what I'm saying about we're getting better mm-hmm. is we're identifying patients earlier and we're getting them before they have a lot of disease
0: oh okay um, so you so can give the car T cells and it's not as rough a time
1: correct potentially and correct and also the other thing is is you can well I mean we've talked about the collection you know um, of car T cells by the a Procedure, um, where you said that we'd be sitting watching TV for five hours, which I think is roughly true, mm-hmm. um, is um, is that you can um, potentially collect the CAR T cells and then keep them in your freezer for 30 months.
0: Ah, and wait till the exact right time to give them.
1: Correct. Okay. That's right. So this is how we're becoming cleverer really at at using Mm -hmm. this clever and um, sophisticated um, product. So it is really exciting for patients because a lot of these patients without CAR T-cells, you know, their avenue for, you know, good therapy to get disease control most probably would have potentially been more limited Mm -hmm. or not as effective as CAR T Mm -hmm. cells.
0: Okay now tell me more about side effects so maybe around day three you might have this cytokine release Mm -hmm. thing which uh, you deal with Mm -hmm. and then are there uh, any more side effects in the weeks or months or years?
1: So um, the other side effect that It can be quite disturbing but actually it is almost universally reversible and that is neurological side effects and neurological side effects are things that are to do with your brain and your nerves so things that make you move and talk and see and interact with the world but you can get neurological side effects and it can either be with CRS or without CRS. or CRS is getting better, and then you get neurological side effects. And it classically is um, a picture of being confused, and the patient stops speaking. Hmm. And so you can manage it with the antidote, very similar to CRS or, or other medications, um, but it almost universally gets better on itself.
0: Wow, um, so pretty scary few days. Not talking, confused. Absolutely. Wow, everyone must be really nervous at those times. But yes, they get better. Though. But
1: they get almost universally better. So yes, scary for everybody. Um but we have to remember that they get better.
0: Okay, that's good. Any,
1: any? And so, yes, yeah, so other side effects. So we were talking about this sort of chemical on the on the surface of the um, leukaemia cells, which is called CD19. Um, well, you also have CD19 onto normal cells. And one of your other type of white cells, which, you know, fights infection in your body, is a cell called a B cell. And your B cells are particularly good at producing your own antibodies in your body, which you know we all do all the time to protect us from infections. And so what happens with CAR T cells is it means that you don't have any of your own normal B cells in your body anymore. Uh, and actually, we can use that as a biomarker to see whether your CAR T cells are still working. Because if they're, if they're getting rid of your own B cells, then presumably they're getting rid of any leukemia cells that keep on popping up here and there like they do, unfortunately. Um, but what it means is is that you do have to have a supplement of immunoglobulin, which is like an antibody uh, that you can produce in your own body. But because you can't produce it, you have to have it as an, a, a, an additional administration. It's usually given by an injection once a month.
0: So the normal B cells are making, normally meant to be making your antibodies, yeah. antibody against the cold and the tetanus and, and flu. all of that, yeah. flu, and you stop making those antibodies. Yeah. So the blood bank gives you some antibodies to have Correct. by an injection yeah. about every month. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. And
1: then, obviously, the the other thing is, is is that we need to monitor for disease coming back, because um, you know it's it's not a cure for everybody CAR T cells. And so we still have that as a, as a significant problem. We expect that about 50% of patients should be okay. But you know, 50% of patients, the disease sometimes still comes back. And so there will be a period of disease surveillance, which almost universally is, is doing bone marrow tests.
0: Okay, so these were children where all of our treatment so far had failed, mm. pretty much, mm. and we we're sort of running out of options. Mm. And so, with CAR T cells, firstly, what what proportion of them will you see an improvement in the situation in the short term, at least? So, a reduction in leukemia or maybe going into remission.
1: Oh yes, so I mean, well, it's very dependent on where you where you're up to you know post transplant or primary refractory mm. um, but the majority of patients do have some response um, and that is measured at 30 days post the infusion but the key is keeping that response maintained so keeping it keeping the children or young people in remission Um, and that really is around the persistence so the car t-cell persisting so maintaining in the human body Um, and that is something that we don't have an awful lot of control over at the moment
0: okay and so so that's where maybe about 50% of the time we never see the leukaemia again. Yes, yes. And the other half, it does start to emerge again. Yes. And maybe we talk about transplants again or CAR T-cells again. Yes. Can you give them twice?
1: Well, um, that's interesting because potentially is... Um, I mean, the, the simple answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are situations when you potentially may be able to give a different CAR T-cell or a top-up of the CAR T-cell that you've already had because sometimes too much is made. Mm-hmm. So there are other options, but I think once you've relapsed post-CAR T-cell, it will be really down to have you had a transplant, have you not, How what your mechanism of relapse is because sometimes you can have the very frustrating situation where we can see that your CAR T cell is still there and still working but unfortunately leukemia is like really really clever and it can get rid of the chemical blob on the top of it the CD19. You're kidding.
0: So the leukemia gets rid of the target just so it can keep growing. Yeah. Well, it's, that's not fair.
1: No, that and it's it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. But then that that does happen in in some patients. Mm. Um,
0: okay, but to, so to give them again is sort of in a bit more of the experimental space that's, and not really. And that's
1: a very difficult situation. Mm.
0: So these cells, they could last in the body longer than a drug lasts, for instance. Like drugs we think might last, I don't know, a few days or a week and then the drug goes away. Mm-hmm. But these CAR T cells, they can persist. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, you?
1: that's right. So uh, they also get called like a living drug so that they live in the body and we don't actually know how long they're going to last because, um, I mean, I think we can say her name because she's very famous as the first young girl who got uh, kidney Ryer administered Emily Whitehead she was uh, six or seven I think when she was infused and now she's a young woman of the age of 15 or 16 and so she's the person that we know has had the CAR T cell for the longest and she still has CAR T cells detectable in her body so that that's how long we know they can persist
0: for. So those cells are still circulating and maybe if a leukaemia cell does crop up, they're waiting, ready to go, maybe. Yeah,
1: that's right. Uh, and we know with leukaemia is that leukaemia cells can sort of be sleepy or what we call quiescent. And that's part of the philosophy around, you know, maintenance therapy, which can be either 18 months or a year Um where you have all small amounts of oral chemotherapy, and if a leukemia cell wakes up, sap. Um, but um, you know, with the CD19 on the surface, it's obviously if they're detectable, then the CAR T cell can also just sap.
0: Okay, and so that that little girl that was Emily Whitehead, mm-hmm. and she was the first one to get CAR T cells. Yes, yes. There's a very interesting picture on the internet. I've seen her. She meets Barack Obama at the White House, and uh, Barack Obama says to her, uh, "You know, is there anything I can get for you? You know, meaning a glass of water or something." <laughs> and uh, she tells him she needs a note for school, <laughs> so he writes her a note for, for school, and there it is. It's on the internet. <laughs> you can look it up. So, Caroline, uh, Novartis. This mm-hmm. is a, a big international drug company, mm-hmm. and they've they've uh, approved now for us to be a site that delivers yep. the treatment. Yeah. First of all, uh, am I right? This this is pretty expensive.
1: The T cell. Yeah. The CAR T cells. Yeah. Absolutely. So. It is a very expensive treatment and currently I understand the cost is in the region of half a million dollars. That's just for the product. So that doesn't include you know, the cost of care of the patient in hospital, all the staff that need to be employed because this is a highly regulated process which is a requirement by the Australian government but also by Novartis uh, to make sure that this product goes from the right patient to America and back into the right patient. And although And it
0: doesn't get infected over correct. there and the cells grow properly Perf- and it perfectly. meets the quality control.
1: Absolutely. So it's a highly complicated process. Um so um so yes, the product itself is expensive, but there's a whole nother layer of expense. So that's partly why, you know, not everybody gets it, but actually we don't know that everybody needs it at the moment but like you said before is that it would be really nice if one day you know is when you're diagnosed with leukemia rather than you know having two years of chemotherapy treatment which is significant and burdensome for families and young people and and children is that you know maybe a month of treatment get your disease down a bit collect your t-cells Have your car T-cell infused when it comes back in a month. It takes a month to manufacture, you see. And then that's it. Then you've got your living drug in your body for the rest of your life and your leukemia doesn't come back. Doesn't that sound fantastic? sounds nice. But we're not in that situation at the moment.
0: Maybe in 2040 or something (laughs) we'll be there.
1: Well, me and you are well and retired, I think, Jack.
0: Well, how are the families going to pay for this? Or who's going to pay for this?
1: Oh, well, the Australian government and New South Wales Health uh, pay for it. So uh, there is an agreement between state government and the federal government to pay for this, but you're only allowed one.
0: Okay, Uh, so families don't have to pay for this.
1: Absolutely not.
0: No crowdfunding, no selling raffle tickets, no selling the house. No,
1: no, this is uh, Medicare-related expense, so no expense and uh, to the family um these are um it will be administered in a public hospital such as the children's hospital westmead and so it wouldn't be any different in expense than you would for your chemotherapy or anything else other than obviously the federal government notice the expense
0: but mm. well, that's great news isn't it
1: yeah that's fantastic because is that you know previously is that it was not available potentially
0: for free for patients. So there were patients travelling to America, weren't there? Correct. And paying with their own money. And
1: Correct. And no yeah.
0: more of that needed. Yeah. Now tell me, uh, Novartis has agreed to your program being one that can deliver the drugs. What yeah. did you have to do? Uh, did you have to uh, <laughs> prove to them you were capable?
1: Yes, absolutely. So is that we, we under went a very rigorous audit. So an audit is a very clear process of looking at all your processes in the hospital, in the laboratory where your cells go before they're packed up and go to America. Um, And every step of that process, you have to prove how you know exactly what's going on i'll give you an example is you're asked um we collect some cells on a patient and we say they're collected at 10 a.m on the 11th of november 2020 how do you know it's that time and that date You're kidding. No, it comes down to that. That's actually quite a philosophical question. So, like, how do you actually know that? Well, of course, we know that in a hospital because we have all our clocks on systems and those systems know that the time is correct um, in place. So that's that's the answer. But saying because my iPhone or any other device um, says that's the time is not adequate. Right. So So that's the nitty gritty. That's the that's the level of the audit and it's and it has to be like that and of course we are in agreement with that and they have passed that we are okay
0: and so you had to have a fully functional fully fleshed out bone marrow transplant program and lab and all of that as well.
1: Yes, that's right. And convince them. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we have um, obviously our own bone marrow transplant service, and we have a big um, BMT, so bone marrow transplant laboratory, where all sort of cell products get processed. And we actually share that with the adult hospital next door, uh, Westmead Hospital, who are also... um, going to be giving Kim Raya, and we're doing our audit in consort with them uh, so that we we can both start at the same time and the lab can be doing just it all at the same time. Okay,
0: so adult patients with these CD19 positive Mm -hmm. leukemias?
1: Yeah, under 25, so it's not all adult patients, there's a bit of an age cut off, which doesn't really affect us because we only have up to 17 or so (laughs) Um, but for, for adults it's, there is a defined cut-off
0: okay. age. So you mentioned an audit. Well, from what I could see, it looked like they were putting bamboo under your fingernails and shining a bright <laughs> light in your eye. That's that's how an audit looked to me.
1: <laughs> Lots of paperwork.
0: Mm, I bet. So Caroline, you, you mentioned that we may be able to have CAR T-cells for other cancers in the future. Uh, can you tell us something about that?
1: Well, actually, Jeff, why can't I be interviewing you? Because you've been playing that you know nothing about CAR T-cells, but tell me about your CAR T-cell.
0: It's true. I have been acting very ignorant, but we do actually have a CAR T-cell that we're working on here in our labs. So this is a CAR T cell but it doesn't attack CD19, it attacks a different chemical. It's a chemical that we find on certain of the bone tumors like Ewing sarcoma and osteosarcoma and certain brain tumors. It's a chemical it's a chemical called effa Two. That's capital E-P-H-A-2, two F 2 or F-A-2. And we've made a CAR T cell against F-A-2, and when we mix the CAR T cell with tumour cells in test tubes or in other lab systems, mm-hmm. it's yep. really good at killing the cancer.
1: So you're using essentially the same technology that I've been talking about, but you're just changing what the target is.
0: That's right. Our target is a uh, target on different tumours, and it's otherwise it's an identical system to what they're using in leukaemia. And like I said, it works really well in the lab and on the bench, and we're actually trying to get towards a clinical trial to treat wow. children with bone tumours and maybe brain tumours uh, with this CAR T-cell.
1: And do you have any idea of when that might happen and which patient-specific that you would be including in your clinical trial?
0: I think we're a few years off being able to give it to children uh, and we would reserve it really for those patients where the existing chemotherapy and surgery and radiotherapy hasn't worked. So it would be small numbers, but it would be... Trial. first off, we have to move very carefully and just prove that it's safe mm. to do this. Yeah. Uh, because you yeah. have to prove that. Yeah. But, you know, we've got this incredible uh, program here at the Children's Hospital at Westmead in making the gene delivery systems. This isn't just in oncology. This is a whole separate program here in gene therapy. And they're the ones that can make the systems to do that genetic modification of the T cells. And they work on all sorts of diseases, diseases of the eye, diseases of nerves and muscles and livers, and they're in a, a whole separate story we can talk about another time. But okay. we're really well placed here on the Westmead campus to do exactly this sort of research. Mm. So pretty exciting times. Okay. But anyway, with the leukemia CAR T-cell, the CD19 one, Kim Ryer, uh, you think you'll be ready to potentially treat patients later this year?
1: I'm hoping either late 2020 or early 2021 that we'll be ready. Um, And I think it will be absolutely fantastic to have the opportunity for our patients to have this treatment if they need it
0: very exciting i'd like to congratulate you for getting us this far i know it's been a lot of work and a lot of it very very tedious paperwork and meticulous attention to detail but certainly very exciting times so well done we'll all be very interested to follow what happens next thanks
1: thanks Geoffrey. and part of a big team
0: thank you thank you dr bateman Well, wow, that was a pretty exciting thing to hear about. Uh, We'll stop there. Uh, Just to remind you, I'm Dr. Jeff. My podcast is Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff, and I've been speaking to Dr. Caroline Bateman, a a paediatric oncologist here at the Children's Hospital at Westmead, and I am going to push for her to get a a tripling of her pay because she (laughs) seems very, very qualified.
1: Thanks, Jeff. (laughs)